This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Whether you're a white boy, white girl, black boy, black girl, it is the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play that thing when it comes to ESPN radio. I don't know where we go from there <laughs> from yesterday. <laughs> when you took us behind the curtain in the locker room and talk about the menu music choices broken down. <laughs> but, Freddie, that's the funny thing. Like, I've, I have so many stories to uh-huh. be able to tell our listeners right. from time to time as we continue on this journey on Freddie and Harry. Right. That is a lot of times I'm going to have y'all laughing. Laughing to oh your core. God. You might have to pull over and stop your car. <laughs> because I'm going to keep it real, Freddie. You know that about me, baby. <laughs> Speaking of stories in the football glory, there won't be the story when it comes to Saquon Barkley, Giants running back. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, Saquon Barkley Wednesday, but it won't be Saquon Barkley Thursday. He will not be playing for the San Fr- against the San Francisco 49ers. The Giants ruled out Saquon Barkley for Thursday night. And no surprise, Harry. I know Brian Dayball said what he said yesterday as Giants head coach. Even he knew in a short week, and your star running back, your star player, has a sprained ankle that he suffered. There was no way. There's not enough holy water in the world that was going to get him ready to play the 49ers tomorrow night. And the crazy thing, if they had seven days, it still would have been questionable if Saquon True. Barkley would have been able to be ready to play a football game after suffering that ankle injury and needing assistance to get off the football field. So a lot of times I see people that have ankle injuries, they're able to get off the field on them uh, on, on their own, right. uh, but he needed to be assistant. Uh, assisted, and I think it's the right call, right? You look at the Giants in their season, they have a long ways to go. Uh, You don't want to go out there and risk him injuring himself furthermore against an elite defense, not a good defense, not an okay defense, but an elite defense, which was the number one in the National Football League in 2022. So that's one news of the day in the National Football League, but the main news came out of Chicago, courtesy of the quarterback, all part of... The main thing, the main thing. 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 The main thing with Freddie and Harry. Justin Fields became that main thing. Based on what he said at a press conference earlier today. Now, for those who don't know or those who have not paid attention, the Chicago Bears 0-2 in the young season when it comes to their football team. Justin Fields talked about playing like a robot and not in a good way, if there's such a thing as a good thing like playing like a robot. I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, I felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just not, – not, not playing like myself. So um, uh, my goal this week is just to say effort and just go out there and, you know, play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and playing off of instincts rather than just, you know, so much sort of say info in my head, data in my head and literally just going out there playing football. I mean, just going back to it's a game. Um, and, and, and that's it, because that's when, you know, I play my best is I'm just out there playing free and uh, being myself. So bump all the you know what I should do, what I this and that, like pocket stuff, like I'm going to go out there and be me. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? You know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what uh-huh. to look at and stuff uh-huh. like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when mm-hmm. the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's, right. you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, sure. um, you know, just thinking less and, you know, playing more. Oh, Harry Douglas, he said the C word. <laughs> he said that C word thinking, hey, I know I'm the blame, but if that C word called coaching might have something to do with it. We got some drama for your mama, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, we do. It came out of his mouth. And 
I, w- I would say this. When it comes to Justin Fields talking about being robotic, right, uh, it's hard to be successful in the National Football League, especially with the talent like right. he like, like the talent that he has being robotic. And mm-hmm. I remember my receiver coach, Terry Rabisky, coming to me and, and saying, listen, son, I understand the way things are drawn up on this paper. Right. But, damn, it's not going to be like that all the time when you get on that football field. Uh-huh. But that was a, a coach that understood and played the game at a high level that all the X's and O's always don't X and O the way you draw them on a paper. And for Justin Fields being one of the leaders on this football team, right. and you need him to go out there and play freely. Right. If he's feeling like he has to question his his abilities, question what he's seeing, mm-hmm. then you're going to have some of the things that we are actually seeing on the football field, Freddie. Right, no doubt about that. And by the way, if I don't know how cathartic it was for him, but you could clearly see the frustration on his face watching that press conference. And the minute that he said all that, it was a sense of relief to say, okay, everybody needs to know what's going on. It can't just be a behind-the-closed-doors situation because he knows that everybody's frustrated. Everybody's banging on him. Everybody's saying, man, they got to move on from this guy. Week two into his third year in the National Football League, the Bears got to think about Caleb Williams and Drake May in next year's draft. They got to find a way to have him being used as a trade piece, get him out of Chicago because he's not going to work. It was cathartic for Justin Fields based on what I saw the look on his face. It started as frustration, but the more he kept talking about it, the better he felt. How did Matt Eberflus, Bears head coach, respond to that like this? We want his feedback. Um, you know, he wants our feedback. And that's how you get to honest conversations. The meeting we had this week was good. You know, it was good. Um, he expresses, you know, you know, what he would like. You know, I express what he's doing well, you know, what he needs to work on. And that's always going to be the case. It was a good conversation. I just want him to speak free. I want him to speak free to us. I want him to be honest. I want him to be you know, forthright with what he's saying. And then, you know, can we work through this together to get him to play free and to have him have that flow? For the, the pro- first time. But the problem I have, though, Freddie, is yeah. why aren't you already at that point? That's where I was going to go because it, here's how I looked at it. For the first time, Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus were on the same page because if they were not on the same page, I know if I'm a head coach, I'd be damned if I have you go out there and put out dirty business out there, put out dirty laundry out there exactly. if we did not have a kind of conversation. So if it took this long for them to get on the same page, Harry may be going forward. This could be a good thing for everybody involved. With Justin Fields, they have to feel like a robot. Matt Eberflus has a better sense of maybe how to coach him better. Maybe they can finally be on that same page because it's been a disjointed book where Justin Fields reading page 8 and Matt Eberflus on page 39, and they've never been able to find the same kind of page to be on. If this is going to be good going forward, then it's going to be a spot-on thing for him to say that. But there's no way they could not have had a discussion and Justin Fields go out and say that. And the head coach didn't sign off and say, yeah, people need to know exactly why this has not worked so far in Chicago. And I think that's the mind-boggling part to me, though, Freddie, because I, I've been on teams where, you know, the quarterback and the head coach and the offensive coordinator, those guys are on the same page, even when they were young quarterbacks, right? right. Mm-hmm. So you would think Matt Eberflus and also Luke Getze coming in last year and understanding some of the – the troubles that Justin Fields had early on, you would think to start off that relationship, Mm -hmm. you would want that dialogue between one another and that respect between one another as well to be able to talk about any and everything. DLU334 hit us on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, HDUGS83. He said, oh, yeah, Justin Fields got in touch with his inner DMX. He's going to give it to him. 
<laughs> he going to give it to him at a press conference. What do you have to say about Justin Fields? He put it out that he feels like he's been playing like a robot. Yes, some it's on him, but the coaches have to take some blame. How is this going to end in 2023 in terms of Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears? Let us know at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Unless they get this flipped around, is it time for these two to go their separate ways? Justin Fields find a new girlfriend. Chicago Bears, they find a new girlfriend. Let us know, 888-729-3776. Be a part of Freddie and Harry on the Freddie and Harry Hotline and ESPN Radio. Harry, I'll throw that question to you because I still believe there's something that can be saved here based on what I heard from both of these individuals today. Justin Fields, the quarterback of Chicago, and Matt Eberflus is head coach. I think it can be saved. Maybe that's just me having just me having blind faith. But where do you stand based on what we heard today? Well, basically, those two guys had a counseling session, right? I think yes. if you're a fan looking at this, that that's how you can view it. They had a counseling session. They were both able to get their peace and, and say their peace and get things out that they probably had been holding in. Mm-hmm. And now you take that next step and try to see if you can move forward. Now I think the microscope now is going to be on Justin Fields and his head coach, Justin Fields and his offensive coordinator, and how their interactions are on the football field, also in press conferences, right. body language. All those type of things are going to be looked at now. That's spot on what you had to say because now going forward, if the spotlight was white hot before involving Justin Fields and his lack of success in Chicago and trying to get him better weapons, you bring in different people, you hope to improve the offensive line. If he thought that spotlight was really wearing down his forehead before, it's going to be exacerbated because yep. now all of a sudden people think, okay, now you guys seem to be on the same page. Justin Fields, you said what you had to say. Matt Eberfuss, you said what you had to say. Now what are you two going to do about it? How is well, that going to work and, now? And I will say this, Freddie. I'm not going to sit up here and act like Justin Fields has not played his part Absolutely. in his growth as a quarterback, yeah, right? No doubt. Because there are a lot of things that he needs to do better and that's what the film tell me. They all, my coach always told me the eye in the sky don't lie, baby. The eye in the sky gonna tell me everything I need to know. But also, there are ways that Luke Getze needs to get better as a play caller. What does he need and, to do then? What does he need to do to help Justin Fields? Based on what you just said, well, what does he need to do? There's a few times where I'm looking on film, and from a spacing standpoint, okay, right? You see two receivers close uh, side by side in one another, so now the window is cloudy for Justin Fields to throw the ball in. Okay. Also, you have a guy that's athletic, one of the most athletic human beings in the National Football League, utilize his skill set. I haven't seen that being done in 2023 like I've seen, uh, I'll say, the halfway point in 2022. Right. Right. If you have a guy and you understand his skill set, don't try to stick a, a, a round peg in a square hole. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So don't make that happen. If you have a guy, utilize him to the best of his abilities. That's your job as an offensive coordinator, as an offensive play caller, is understanding everyone on your offense, how they work, what's their strengths, what's their weaknesses, and exploit the strengths and never the weaknesses. If Justin Fields, get him on the move. Get him outside the pocket. Like do So now he has a run-pass option. Here's the misnomer what you just said. It's not like Justin Fields is a running quarterback at Ohio State. He was a pocket passer. Yeah. Can make those throws from the pocket. I don't know what's gotten lost in that translation between what happened at Ohio State when he's a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate to where we are now with Justin Fields. Essentially at a crossroads. Maybe not so much with the Chicago Bears, but in terms of what the perception could be out there if it doesn't land well and stay well in Chicago and they move on from him or he wants to move on from them, Harry, then what is that going to look like? What is that narrative going to be next to him? 
whatever team decides to take a chance on him, if it doesn't land well, if it doesn't work out well, and Chicago's just wanted to separate from Justin Fields and vice versa, I can't wait to see what that perception could be out there if there's going to be a next team if he can't stay with this team after 2023. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I want to see Justin Fields somewhere else. I want to okay. see him with a Sean McVay. I want to see him with someone like a Mike McDaniel. Now, I'm not saying those things are going to happen. I'm just saying that those are the type of coaches I want to see him with. Right. Someone who's going to dig deep down inside and understand their quarterback. Look what Mike McDaniel did for Tua Tungvaluwa. A person, a quarterback that we had tons of questions about right. last year. They got some playmakers in there, but the confidence from a confidence standpoint, and Mike McDaniel went back to his college days. I seen Bill O'Brien do that with Deshaun Watson when he was in Houston okay. because I played against Deshaun, and our defense came and told me, hey, man, everything that we had prepared for is not what Deshaun Watson in that offense just showed us, and they put up 50 on us because they went back to his Clemson days and some of the things that he was doing well in college. So I think when you look at, like, Lamar Jackson, some of the things mm-hmm. that he do well, like now he's going to be having three receivers a lot. That's something he did a lot of when he was at Louisville under uh, Bobby Petrino, a coach right. that I played for at Louisville. So I understand the system, and I know he has it in him. Right. It's just a matter of, you know, how often is he doing it? At Justin Fields, early today at a press conference, the Bears quarterback said he's been playing like a robot, maybe one of the main reasons why he's not succeeded in the Bears 0-2. I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, I felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just – not, not not playing like myself. So um, um, my goal this week is just to say effort and just go out there and you know, play football how I know how to play football. Charles in Ohio, thanks for calling the Freddie and Harry hotline at 888-729-3776. Charles, what do you got to say about Justin Fields? And is this is going to try to work in Chicago as a Bears quarterback? Charles in Charles. <laughs> well done. Charles in Ohio, what you got? In my life. We'll see if we can get Charles up there, as a matter of fact. I, I, that, that, the one thing that jumped out to me about Justin Fields was he basically said, I'm just going to say bleep it, and I'm going to go play my game. And it's like that sometimes, though, Freddie. I'll be honest with you. I, I remember meetings with Matt Ryan on Saturday mornings and Matt saying, F it. I understand the right. coaches are saying this, yeah. but here's what we are seeing. Okay. And, and as long as we're on the same page, right. everything else is going to take care of itself. Right. We do have Charles. And it's in like Ohio. that sometimes. Yeah. We do have Charles in Ohio. Charles, my friend, what you got about Justin Fields? What he had to say today? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hopefully, you guys are blessed and doing well. Hot sauce, Freddie. I'm Appreciate loving the show. Harry, Appreciate I'm you. loving it. Appreciate you. Um, being a huge Ohio State fan, especially with Justin Fields when he was with Ohio State, I mean, they allowed him to do what he needed to do. Even though he sat in the pocket, but when it was time for him to do his thing, he did his thing. So is that really a truly disconnect from where he is at now from from college? What do you guys think? Well, I'll say sometimes, like, when you get drafted to a team and a coach has an offensive system, mm-hmm. now the great ones understand mm-hmm. that, okay, how do I need to tailor my system yep. to fit the personnel of the quarterback that I have drafted right. or we have drafted? Not everybody has that because you got to also remember now, it's a pride thing with, when it comes to these coaches too. I, I've done it this way for so long, and, and this is the way it is, and it's work. Yeah, but the way you have done it may have been with a veteran quarterback right. that understand A, B, C, and D the moment that you have gotten there. Mm-hmm. Now you're dealing with a young quarterback, and you need to teach more. But maybe that coach might not be a good teacher. I was going to say the same thing because not trying to place blame – really one way over the other 
but really terrific coaches know exactly how to get the most out of their players and put them yes. in positions where they can be the best for that football team. And yep. you are able to magnify what they do best, which is going to make everybody better. And if you're unwilling to do that, you get what we heard earlier today from Justin Fields saying, I feel like I'm a robot out there, and maybe the coach needs to let me be a little bit more what they know I can do, and I try to put me in a place where I can't do that, and everything is going to be completely ineffective when it comes to this football team. Gary in California, my friend, what do you got to say about the Justin Fields, Chicago Bears, maybe trying to heal that disconnect by what they said earlier today at that press conference? I've been watching poor quarterback play forever, and the only time the Bears have had pretty decent quarterback play, they had a good quarterback in Jim McMahon, they had a very good offensive line. Um, In the case of Justin Fields, you know, I watch teams play and quarterbacks see guys, you know, I see guys wide open on other teams at least three, four plays a game. And I'm like, we never have guys wide open. But then after looking at the last couple of games, especially last week with DJ Moore wide open and with Roshan Johnson wide open, I'm like, it's concerning to me that Justin Fields is missing it. And I think the coaches are just so far in his head about, you know, first read, second read, third read, back to the first, you know, it's like, You've got a certain amount of time. And if you're getting sacked after four and a half seconds, you're a second and a half late. And after three seconds, you need to start moving around and considering running or, you know, breaking open the play a little bit and and having your receivers, you know, find open spots. You can't just say, okay, every single passing down, I'm going to look left, center, right, back, center, and then make a decision. You, you just can't do that. Well, I, I would say this, and you want your players to be instinctive. And I, and I don't use that word loosely. I, I, and most coaches want your players to play, want their players to play instinctive. Because yeah. when they do, most of the times, good things come out of that. Right. It can't when be they, too formulaic you know, all the time. When you're hesitant and, you know, you're not – basing things off of what you're seeing and reacting, that's when you get in trouble a lot. Not just at the quarterback position, but from any position on the football field. Marty in Florida, what you got to say on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776? Yeah, first of all, you guys got a great show. Love it. Appreciate you. Um, But my son and I are, are Ohio State fans, and he's a big Justin Fields fan. We went to the game Sunday in Tampa, sat right by the uh, the locker room entrance. Justin looked frustrated the entire game. Uh, the play calls didn't look right. It looked like he – it didn't look like – I don't want to say phoning it in, but it didn't look like Justin was the Justin Fields everybody's come to, to know until this season. Well, and you you will see that from a young player. Look, I'm watching Bryce Young last uh, oh, Monday night. Speaking of overwhelmed. And, 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 and you can see the frustration on his face. And mm-hmm. it's the first time I've ever watched Bryce Young, and that has occurred to me watching him. So when it comes to Justin Fields, and this is year three, and you're mm-hmm. thinking at some point things should be, you know, start to click and the dots should be connected at this point. Right. And you shouldn't be up in the air about mm-hmm. things when it comes to football. In the quarterback position, it can be frustrating. It, yeah. it, it really can. Yeah, he's not playing football. The football's playing him. And that's yeah. never, ever good, especially that position, especially even in modern times. 
and in modern football. Steve in Chicago, my friend, Justin Fields says he felt like he's playing robotic last week. What do you got to say about that? Uh, what I got to say is that, that, that I agree with him. It's like last year, the kid didn't see an opening, so he would take off and run like a gazelle. Mm-hmm. This year, he stands there, and like they told him, don't run. Right. But on my other point I was going to make is I was listening to somebody down the dial, and they, and they put that one little context on. It's the coaching. And they started just ripping on this kid, just calling him. Oh, he's got to pay attention. But they never played the whole interview like you guys did. When, like, Eberflus came on and he said, yeah, we talked about it. It's just unfair the way some people in the media just attack somebody on just uh, uh, taking stuff out of context. It, it just, I don't know, it's just very frustrating. Well, Steve in Chicago, number one, welcome to our world, because I can't tell you how many times people yeah. take stuff out of context when we say something. But I'm glad you mentioned in terms of making sure that we got the full context of everything, because you had to hear both sides. It could have been very easy for Matt Eberflus not to say anything. Matt Eberflus said, yeah, Justin Fields said that. We're as frustrated as he is, and now we can try to get a, find a way to get on the same page. Like I said, maybe this could be a meet Cleaver moment where we can say before Justin Fields and then after Justin Fields after these comments. Maybe this could be the galvanizing force that Harry, not only Justin Fields, has to have as a quarterback, but even Matt Eberflus has to have as an understanding because if this is not going to work together with a coach and his quarterback, it doesn't just affect their relationship. It affects everybody else. You bring a tension convention in a locker room because you know that both of these guys need to make this work, and they've been unable to do that so far in a year plus ever since Eberflus got the job last year. Now, I would say this. When you look at Trevor Lawrence, right, and Doug Peterson going down there, Doug Peterson is a what? Offensive-minded guy. He's a guy, quarterback whisperer. Right? Matt no Eberflus, and I don't want people to lose that. He's a defensive-minded guy. Mm-hmm. So That's a good point. So he's not going to be able to speak the same language all the time with Justin Fields. That's going to have to be Luke Getze. Yeah. That's, he's got to be the Bill O'Brien to Justin Fields. Yep. Matt Eberflus is like the Bill Belichick with this situation going on in Chicago. If you did not get through in the Freddie and Harry hotline, you can always hit us up on Twitter anytime you're about Justin Fields. said he's playing like a robot. How much, how's this going to end? Let us know at HDouglas83. That's Harry's handle, my handle, at Coleman ESPN. Speaking of the NFL, Dallas Cowboys defensive dude Micah Parsons says, it feels different this year. I'm going to tell you why he is the main reason. That's next on Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? 
It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Jerry Jones is not going to want to hear what I have to say in about a couple of minutes about Micah Parsons and his quarterback when it comes to Dak Prescott that comes to you in a couple of minutes. But earlier, Justin Fields, in case you just missed it, he had a chance to speak at a press conference as the Chicago Bears quarterback, discussing exactly how frustrated he is. He feels like he's playing like a robot. And he also said, why has this not worked? And it was a combination of both, but people heard that one C word that he pointed out very, very clearly. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? You know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and, you know, playing more. Well, we got breaking news. According to Kevin Fishbane, the Chicago Bears beat writer for The Athletic, Justin Fields returned to the locker room, Harry, addressed the media by saying he wanted to make it clear he's not blaming the coaches. He used these words, and I quote, I can play better, point blank, end quote. I understand what he meant by what he said. He's basically saying that, when you come into a season and you did well rushing the football last year, but the pass game needed to be fine-tuned, you may have people in your ear telling you this, telling you that, so yeah. much to the point to where you're listening to so much of it mm-hmm. that you forget mm-hmm. th- that you need to be yourself as well right? and be instinctive on the football field. So that's all I got out of what he was saying. Me too. He wasn't thoroughly blaming everybody not named Justin Fields, but he also let it be known, like, look, I don't want that out there and had that as a narrative that can really have things completely to go continue to go sideways with the Chicago Bears. By the way, John Tesler hit us on Twitter, on Twitter excuse me, at Coleman ESPN at HDLX83. He says, guys, I'm going to put this in religious terms. Yesterday, Justin Fields put on his suit, read from the Torah, had his bar mitzvah, and became a man. <laughs> now it's up to the head coach and the offensive coordinator to treat him like one in Chicago. If they can't do it, it's time for him to find a situation where it works for him. Mm. Well, Fred, you already know how I feel. I feel like he needs to get out of Chicago anyway. Yes. Well, like, just, I, I feel Justin like Fields, they feel the it. same way you do, but he wants to make sure he gives it a chance to say, hey, it didn't work, but don't put everything on me. Don't blame me for it. No, and, and I don't blame him for coming out and saying what he said because there are times where things might be built up so much and it may lead to something bigger um, on the football field-wise, not in a good way. Right. Right? It yeah. may lead to a back and forth with a coach on the sidelines. Right. But I just thought it was a good opportunity for Justin Fields to be able to get this out now. Yeah. And for the him and the coaching staff to be able to have these conversations, which I'm still mind-boggled about, that it's just now happening now, and this is going on the second year that they've been together. Normally we can have these kind of conversations with the Dallas Cowboys. They always seem to have some kind of turmoil going on. Yep. Players versus players, players versus coaches, coaches versus coaches. 
Not this year. Not so far in 2023. 2-0, and they've outscored their opponents a combined 70-10 to in the first two games by beating the New York Giants and the New York Jets. They are officially the New York football champions of the world for 2023 when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. But Micah Parsons, Cowboys linebacker, was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. And he says he feels like not only is it different this year, but it feels like they're year in Dallas. It feels completely different. I feel like there's a complete like 360 turnaround. You know, because, you know, it's hard when you first bring in a bunch of free agent guys and you sign them to two-year deals and things like that. You never know how things are going to turn out. But I think the first year, we were like, okay, we could really fit in the system. The second year was like everyone grew. Everyone felt like, okay, now we we got the ins and outs. We learned, still learn how to play together. But I think this year, man, after camp, we was like, man, we know we're capable of, like, we all know how each other play. We all know how what each other like. The guys is adding Gilly, you know, the safety, and it's looking dangerous right now. I can't even lie to you. All right, when you heard him say that on the Pat McAfee show, what went through your mind? Uh, growth. The young players on this football team growing together. And you look at a couple guys, Tony Pollard going into his fifth year, Terrence Steele going into year four offensively, Tyler Smith going into year two, uh, Diggy Zua going into year three, right. Michael Parsons year three, Trayvon Diggs year four, Deron Bland year two, C.D. Lamb year four. Those young guys mm-hmm. who were very, very young and wet behind the ears at one point, even though they put up uh, good numbers as right. young players, now they understand things to another level. Because I'll tell you this, when you're young in the National Football League in year one and year two, you, there's still a lot going on. Right. right. There's a lot going on and you're still trying to figure your figure your way around and where you may fit. Michael Parsons, not per se, because he's just an absolute dog, dog and dog. <laughs> so but when now though, most of those guys are have grown and they have been able to grow together, you know how each other operate. You understand the system. And if you see someone playing or doing something outside of what they're supposed to be doing, now you can check them. You can say, hey, that's not what we do. That's not our brand of football. It also helps that Michael Parsons is a person that's a leader and not only off the field, but on the field. Because when your best player is the guy that's hustling to the ball, Mm -hmm. chasing people down, making big plays, not making excuses, then it's easy for everybody else to follow. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together, and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. When I heard that yesterday, the first thought that popped into my head was, this is now Michael Parsons' team. Bingo. It's not Dak Prescott's. Jerry Jones owns it. But Micah Parsons knows exactly what kind of stroke and electricity he has with that team. He knows that anything that he's going to say, it could, you could say that's too much confidence, maybe needs to dial it down a little bit, but everybody knows they're going to follow his lead because he has receipts. They've seen what he's been able to do. And I go back to that game against the 49ers of playoffs last year where he didn't outwardly blame Dak Prescott, but he let it be known, like, we can't have this bleep going on anymore. If we're going to do our job, that offense, that guy has to have our six because we know we're going to have his. He didn't have any qualms about speaking out about that mere minutes after that playoff game was over saying, you know what? We don't like the place blame. We win as a team. We lose as a team. But certain guys, certain people, certain aspects were not doing their job. And he doubles down on by saying, yeah, it does feel different this year because we know what we have here now. We understand exactly what that's all about. We got a coach that believes in us and is not going to allow us to go out there and have blame placed on us if things don't go well or try to deflect it to somewhere else. Usually quarterbacks do that. Micah Parsons did it. And when I heard that yesterday, no disrespect to Dak Prescott, no disrespect to Jerry Jones, the owner, but this is his team in Dallas. 
this is Micah Parsons' team, even though Dak Prescott is the guy that gets the most attention, as he should, with the Dallas Cowboys. And, Freddie, I love everything about Micah Parsons in his football game, but also his mentality. Because I think you don't find many people that can talk that talk, but also walk that walk Absolutely. at an elite level. So much so to the point to where Michael Parsons, Cowboys linebacker, on his podcast, The Edge with Michael Parsons podcast, had this to say about Tyreek Hill. What? He talked about Tyreek Hill? Yes, he did. Like this? Tyreek, please do never say you're a lion again. Just stick to the cheetah, brother. You don't want nothing to do with this lion work. Please stay away from the lion. At least you did say you a baby lion. To me, you'll be a cub, brother. And you know the battle's always back and forth between me and you, so I expect your response. You're going to say something stupid. Keep leading up to that Christmas game, brother. So I'm going to see you real soon. The lion versus the cheetah matchup is going to be very, 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 very soon, and I can't wait for it. But that's what I'm talking about, Freddie. That confidence <laughs> mm-hmm. to where you can talk that talk. How many people do you think in the National Football League, as a defensive player, uh-huh. can talk like that to Tyreek Hill and have the confidence to do it? Well, it's easy to say that because he's not going to be guarding him. <laughs> no, but he still he can still he can he can hinder a lot what the Miami Dolphins sure. want to do from an offensive standpoint. Right. He's got to hit the quarterback to make sure the ball doesn't get out. But it's not like Tyreek Hill is going to try to block him, and he's not covering Tyreek Hill. So I get it. I understand the confidence, but come on. If he's Trayvon Diggs saying that, that has more water with me. I know Micah Parsons is going to try to wreck that offensive line to make sure that Tyreek Hill can't get the ball. Now, if number 11's out there trying to guard the cheetah, then we got something. Then we got a potential situation like, for example, if Mark Morales was trying to guard Harry Douglas out in flag football. If Mark Morales is trying to block Freddie Coleman, but he's running his mouth on you, that means nothing. But if Mark Morales said, man, we play flag football, I'm giving Harry Douglas that work. Now we got something. But look, let me tell you this, though. When the Miami Dolphins get up in that offensive meeting room and they go through them game records, mm-hmm. who going to be up there on their board? Well, number 11 is public okay. enemy number so, one. So I when the Dallas it. Cowboys in a defensive meeting, when they get there on their board and they talk about game records, yeah. Tyreek Hill going to be over there. Exactly. So you got two game records. Yeah, I get it. Who going to wreck the game the most? Right, but the game records are not going up against each other. So I get, I love the confidence. But, but, hey, I but think it's fantastic. It's not all, hey, so, sometimes, who can make more plays? Yeah, that's what it comes down to. I get it. But at the same time, if number 11's out there, like, in a, hey, coach, let me cover Tyreek Hill, th- then we got something. What if he jack him up? <laughs> what if he can't catch him? Cheetahs are faster than lions, last time I checked. I know a little bit about nature when it comes to stuff like that. He's Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at HDouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN. Really appreciate you joining us today on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Series X and Channel 80. Ole Miss plays Alabama this Saturday. Ole Miss head coach Link Kiffin used to work for Nick Saban at Set Alabama. Wait until you hear what he tweeted about Saban about 25 minutes ago. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. There are going to be seven different games this weekend in college football involving top 25 matchups. But there are a couple that have gotten our attention that we can't wait to tell you about on Freddie and Harry. You got Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. By the way, Harry will be part of game day, 8.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on social media. Part of Notre Dame, number nine, taking on number six, Ohio State. He'll be in Chicago doing the show for the next couple of days, but then he's going to be there where a touchdown Jesus is and fair catch Corby as number nine Notre Dame hosts number six, Ohio State. 
But as usual, on a separation Saturday, because that's what I'm calling it, when you got those kind of matchups. Yep. The one I got circled always involves a guy that loves to troll people, and that is number 15 Ole Miss and number 13 Alabama. There was a question put out on social media, Harry, by John Gordon, and he is a best-selling author. He's written a lot of energy books, self-help I've books, the whole nine yards. There we you go. Had him, had him come to Atlanta and talk to our team when no. I was with the Falcons. There we go. All great right. dude. They're, they're, great, great books, right. too. Yeah, he's written 28 yep. books. He's a 15-time best-selling author. Two hours ago, he put, take a moment to pause today and think about what you're grateful for. When you focus on your blessings, you'll do less stressing. What are you grateful for? Lane Kiffin saw that about half an hour ago and put out there, and I quote, for Coach Saban taking a chance on me when I was knocked down and out. Hashtag forever grateful. Love Alabama football. Only Lane Kiffin can put out something like that, and it seems sincere, and people go, dude, you are definitely trolling getting ready for Alabama to play them in Alabama on Saturday. Of course he is, and I think this is a big week for him uh, when it comes to him being a head coach at Ole Miss. Last year, the year before, this is a team that has started phenomenal but failed towards the end of the season. And also, I would say Lane Kiffin has failed as a, as a head coach to win the big game. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So that's Absolutely. kind of the dark cloud that's over his head right now. And if there's any opportunity to beat Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide football team, this year might be the best opportunity because of the quarterback position questions, because of the offensive line not living up to their capabilities, and also so many defensive players that played meaningful snaps in 2022 no longer there. We already seen Texas exploit that offensive line of Alabama. Absolutely. when you look at this matchup and you say, okay, we got Jalen Milrow, and we also have Jackson Dart for Ole Miss – I like ja- I like Jackson Dart right now more so than I like Milro. So in this matchup, I'm going with uh, Mississippi State. Excuse me, Ole Miss. That's going to be a very nervous building on Saturday in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Oh, I know. For the first time in a long time, the threat is there more than ever before. That you wonder how much this could be the beginning of the Saban quote unquote dynasty coming to a screeching halt. It had been talked about, and then they were able to defer it. It was talked about a little bit, then it was deferred. After the Texas game, and then whatever quarterback shuffle he decided to do versus USF, then went back to the guy that you benched when it comes to Jalen Monroe. excuse me. There are two programs out there that you look at and you wonder if this could be the beginning or the start of the end. Alabama number 13 and Clemson hosting number four Florida State. Because Dabble said, we're going to win this way. We don't need a transfer portal. We don't need a bunch of guys transferring in, NIO, all that stuff. We're going to win the way things were won back in 1955. If you can't win these kind of games and those dudes start going elsewhere, where they're not going to Clemson, they're going to go to Georgia. They're going to go to South Carolina. They're going to go to Florida State. They're going to go to Miami. That's why I circled both of those games. Ohio State Notre Dame is massive. Game day being there. But two guys that have been synonymous with dynasties in college football in the last 15 years, Nick Saban and also Dabble Sweeney, losing a game like this and being out of the playoff race before October, you have to start to wonder how much those whispers, Harry, could get loud about this could be the beginning of the end for Saban in Alabama and Dabble Sweeney at Clemson being a national championship contender. No, I agree. And Lane Kiffin is a guy that has been able to benefit from the transfer portal. Um, You look at Jordan Watkins and also Trey Harris, two of the three top receivers that they have right now on their roster. Those guys came from different schools. They also have a phenomenal running back in Quitshawn Jenkins, who's going to be a top, you know, draft pick when it's when he's eligible to come out. But that that Florida State and Clemson game is is key for me too, Freddie, because 
when I look at Florida State and why they've lost in Clemson the last two years, not been able to take care of the football, haven't been able to stop the run, mm-hmm. haven't been able to capitalize on fourth down. So that's big for Jordan Travis and company to beat Clemson, in which they're ranked number four in the country right now. Yeah, yeah Clemson still Florida has State, some, that is. Yeah, Clemson still has some dudes on defense, but in a firefight, they may not be able to win that versus Florida State. Yep. Don't forget, college football action is Saturday. Number 11, Utah hosting number 22, UCLA, part of separation Saturday. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. And somebody said that the New York Jets believe in Zach Wilson still being the quarterback. We'll try to find out two answers. Why and why? This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.